Let's open up in our Bibles now. Open up to Revelation chapter 5. Revelation chapter 5, we'll, we'll get there in a couple minutes. But primarily what we're doing today is worshiping. Okay, because Christmas is a time of celebration. And the people of Jesus are a people of celebration. Because we, above and beyond anyone else on the face of the earth, have reason to celebrate. Amen? Because of who Jesus is and what he has done for us. And so we're talking about the celebration of Christmas. And we're going to spend most of our time in worship. But um, I, I just hope to speak enough just to kind of get us there. To get us really pumped to go into the throne room. Uh, a little bit about Christmas. Let's pray that the Lord would bless this time. God, we thank you for your great love. And that in your great love you sent your only son to die in our place on the cross, that we might have forgiveness of sins and new life, that we might be brought into a meaningful love relationship with you. We thank you for the wonder of that. And we pray together as we pray often as a church that that wouldn't be lost on us. That wouldn't seem mundane to us. That wouldn't seem normal to us. That would continue to be mind-blowing, life-altering truth. We thank you that every time we gather here and your word, your truth is spoken and heard and applied to our lives, that we become transformed people and increasingly so by the power of your Holy Spirit and for the glory of your name. And we ask that today would be the same and that you would put a mantle of praise on your church, Lord. That there'd be a real spirit of celebration in here because of what Christmas means for us. We ask that you would anoint me to just say a few things, that you'd anoint the worship team to take us deep into the throne room, and that today would be a beautiful expression of the love affair that we have with you. We ask it together. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 The celebration of Christmas. Just a, just a few quick points. Here, here's what Christmas is about. Last week, we, we gave a sermon on Christmas, right? We talked a little more extensively about it than we will this week. So if you miss that, you could get that on the website today. But here's what we want to say about Christmas. At the first Christmas, three things happened. Love came down, God came near, and we were rescued. Love came down, God came near, and we were rescued. Listen, this is reason to celebrate. That, that amazing truth that we have spent the last couple months unpacking from Ephesians chapter 1, uh, this, I'll just remind us of it and read it to us, that even before God made the world, he loved us and chose us in Christ to be holy and without fault in his eyes. Even before the world was made. God loved us and chose us in Christ. As we spoke of last week, Christ isn't a plan B. God didn't get himself in trouble and say, what am I going to do? I better manufacture a savior. But Christ has always been. Before the foundations of the world, God loved you and chose you to be the recipient, the beneficiary of his wonderful grace. And there was a man named Zechariah who was the father of John the Baptist, the forerunner of Jesus Christ, the pre-story of the Advent. And the angel Gabriel appeared to him while he was ministering in the temple in Luke chapter 1 and told him that the forerunner of Christ, the prophet, the expected prophet, John, who we would come to call John the Baptist, would be born to him. And that he would 
make way, make straight the way for the Lord. And, and, and Zechariah being an old man and, and his wife being barren said, I, I don't know. How, how do I know that that's true? And Gabriel said, dude, I'm Gabriel. I stand in the presence of God. You, you're questioning me? Because of that, you can't talk for the next several months. Okay, so if Gabriel shows up and drops something on you, just believe it. Zechariah couldn't speak until John the Baptist was born. And then, when Zechariah finally spoke, he began to prophesy about Jesus. He says this in Luke chapter 2. Because of God's tender mercy, the morning light from heaven is about to break upon us. To give light to those who sit in darkness and in the shadow of death. And to guide us to the path of peace. Christmas is about the fact that love came down. This eternal truth that before God ever made the world, before you ever were, before you ever did wrong or right, God loved you and chose you in Christ, became manifest in the time-space continuum at the advent, the incarnation, the birth of Christ. And Zechariah there, prophesying by the Holy Spirit, is drawing all of our attention to that fact that because of God's tender mercy, Light from heaven. The reality of Christ, the love of God may manifest, is about to break upon us. That's a good way to say it. When Christ came, it was the inbreaking of heaven on earth. It was the inbreaking of the love of God. It was the falling, the manifestation of God's love. One of those who witnessed it, the Apostle John, would later testify in his gospel and say, So the word became human. And made his home among us. He was full of unfailing love and faithfulness. Or grace and truth it can be translated. And we have seen his glory. The glory of the father's one and only son. You see this this thing, this love of God. By which we've been saved. The reason that we gather, the reason that we sing and celebrate this thing, the love of God. Became manifest, tangible, dwelt among us. As the New Living Translation says, made his home among us. And he was full of God's unfailing love, grace. John would later write in 1 John 4, God showed how much he loved us by sending his one and only son into the world so that we might have eternal life through him. This is real love. Not that we loved God, though we do but that he loved us and sent his son as a sacrifice to take away our sins. I love what he wrote there. God showed how much he loved us. Love is such a mushy concept in our culture today. You know what I mean? We we throw it out there all the time, especially within Christianity, because there's a sense in which as Christians, we love each other. But I find myself all the time saying, love you, bro. Love you, sister. Love you. And, you know, and we say we love all sorts of things. Like, I love surfing. I love dirt bikes. I love guitars. I love my daughter. I love my wife. Um, my son. Thank you, Sue. Thank you. Sue the prophetess hath reminded me of my son. <laughs> He's preteen years, so it's harder to kind of... No, I'm just kidding. 
but, but we're all sorts of different things. Like, do, do I love my son in the same way that I love surfing? It's, it's a different thing. And we say all the time, oh, I love you. Recently, I had someone say to me, hey, I, I love you. And I had to be honest and say, I what do you mean by that? Like, what's going on between us? I don't, what do you mean you love me? How does that flesh out? God didn't just say it. God proved it in sending his son. How does the love of God flesh out? In a manger, the love of God fleshes out. God draping himself in humanity. The eternal, glorious God humbling himself to lie in a food trough in a cave. Born and laying in the midst of animal saliva. Beaten and mocked and spit upon with human saliva. Nailed to the cross in our place. God doesn't just say it. We we just don't read it. God has showed how much he loved us and that he sent his one and only son to die for us. What is Christmas about? Oh, it's about presents and parties and food and decorations and poinsettias and lights and all these things. And what? Batman? Santa! Did you call Santa fat man? Is that what you said? I love this little dude. Thank you for being bold enough to yell out in church. Yes and amen. Do that anytime. And for calling Santa fat man. Thing about Santa is he keeps a list of everyone who's naughty and nice. Thing about Jesus, my young brother, is he nailed the list of our naughtiness to the cross. So it's about all those things, the fat man and the poinsettias, but it's really about God showing his love. Never again can we say the love of God is some mushy, ethereal thing. No, it's not. In the flesh, dwelling among us, Jesus Christ. So we celebrate today and we celebrate Christmas because love came down. And when love came down, God came near. Again, as the Apostle John said in John 1.14, so the word became human and made his home among us. So that what the prophet Isaiah said 700 years before became real and tangible. Emmanuel, God with us. At that time in history, Israel had only known God apart from them. God had been silent for 400 years, an intertestamental period. The prophets of God had been silent until the coming of John the Baptist. The worship structure of Israel spoke of the separation between them and God. That God dwelt in the Holy of Holies and none of them had access. Everything changed at the coming of Christ. Because Christ is Emmanuel, God with us. Love came down, God came near at Christmas. The psalmist writes and says, this is how we ought to feel in Psalm 73. Whom have I in heaven but you? And besides you, I desire nothing on earth. What a radical statement. For me, it's my continual prayer because I'll just be honest. I desire so many things on earth. 
all the time. I'm thinking about, how can I get one of those? How can I get three of those? If I just had a few of these, if they just thought better about me, if I could just achieve this or reach that. But listen to the psalmist. In light of love coming down and God with us, can we say together by God's grace, and besides you, I desire nothing on earth. My flesh and my heart may fail, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. For behold, those who are far from you will perish, but as for me, here it is, the nearness of God is my good. So I have made the Lord God my refuge. The nearness of God is my good. What is Christmas about? It's God coming near. In the person of Jesus Christ. Because we were lost and we couldn't, we couldn't work our way out of it. We couldn't find our way out of it. We couldn't buy our way out of it. We couldn't perform our way out of it. And so we invent all sorts of religion. And religion is man's attempt to get to God. But Christmas is God's successful coming to man to rescue him. So Christmas is love coming down and God coming near and the fact that we have been rescued. I mean, people, let's think for just a moment upon what we've been rescued from. We were deserving of the full wrath of God. We've been brought so near to God by cross and his Christ, by Christ and his cross, so that we sometimes can forget of the radical holiness of God, the otherness of God, the righteousness of God, a perfectly righteous of God, among whom there, there is no equal. Among humanity, there's no, there's no proper fitting analogy to even speak of the righteousness of God. Holy and just and righteous. And so always judging sin and every sin. It's not a chubby grandpa who winks at the mischievous grandchildren or, or some sweet mom who sweeps the sins under the rug. He's a holy, righteous judge. And we were deserving of his wrath. He's a scrupulous bookkeeper. We've been rescued from the wrath of God. Not only been rescued from the wrath of God, but from the enemy of our souls, the devil. On the cross, Jesus Christ defeated the devil. We've not only been rescued from the wrath of God and Satan himself, but from death itself. Because death is an enemy that is defeated by the resurrection of Jesus Christ. <clears throat> and so 1 Corinthians 6 reminds us, don't you realize that those who do wrong will not inherit the kingdom of God? Don't fool yourselves. Those who indulge in sexual sin or worship idols or commit adultery or are male prostitutes or practice homosexuality or are thieves or greedy people or drunkards or are abusive or cheat people, none of these will inherit the kingdom of God. Some of you were once like that, but you were cleansed. You were made holy or sanctified. 
You were made right with God or justified. How? By the calling on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the Spirit of God. Listen, that list there, I don't, I don't know how many there are. I haven't counted them, but I'm like 80% of those. I'm guilty of 80% of those. And there is no hope of me ever entering the kingdom of heaven. Unless love came down and God came near and I was rescued by the person of Jesus Christ. I was those things, but I was cleansed. No longer identified by those failures. I was sanctified. I'm no longer ruled by those desires. I was justified. I'm no longer enmity with God, but I've been reconciled to God and have peace with God because love came down, God came near, and I was rescued. Man, if that don't turn you on, you ain't got to switch, man. The angel in Luke 2 said, don't be afraid. You, you may see yourself in that list of sexual sin, worshiping idols, committing adultery, male prostitutes, homosexuality, thieves, greedy people, drunkards, abusive, cheaters. But the angel would appear to such people, the shepherds, in Luke chapter 2, and say, don't be afraid, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy, which will be for all the people. For today in the city of David, there has been born for you a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. There's no other way to slice it. We have been rescued because of God's great love. Because before the foundations of the world, he loved you and chose you in Christ. Love came down. God came near. And we've been rescued in and by the person of Jesus Christ. And the the only right response is the response of all of the angels in, in Luke 2. One appeared and said, do not be afraid. And then more appeared. And it says in Luke 2, 13, And suddenly there appeared with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among men with whom he is pleased. With whom he is pleased. Who might that be? Only those who have been rescued. Only those who have been rescued. You've no hope to please God in and of yourself. You can't even please the fat man, Santa. (laughs) If Santa was for real, you get a lump of coal in your stocking. Jesus Christ died in our place and lived a perfect, righteous life in our place. Became sin. He who knew no sin. On our behalf, that we might be made the righteousness of God. So that God not only accepts us, he not only lets us into heaven, but because we're identified with Christ, he's actually pleased with us. So here the angels say, glory to God in the highest and peace among men with whom he is pleased. If you put your faith and your hope in Jesus Christ this Christmas and his work upon the cross in your place, then God is pleased with you because of what Jesus has done for you. And so peace to you. And the only right response then would be to echo, to reverberate that which the angels did, which is ultimately what we will do. Revelation chapter five, where you are open, 
starting in verse 11, New Living Translation. Then I looked again, and I heard the voices of thousands and millions of angels around the throne. Okay, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. This is heaven, where you're going if you put your faith in Jesus Christ. In Isaiah chapter 6, there's some angels, and when they speak, the thresholds of the temple shake. Giant stones shake at their voice. Angels are gnarly. (laughs) Then I looked and heard the voices of thousands and millions of angels. How's that going to sound? Thousands and millions of angels around the throne. Who's on the throne? It's not you. There's a hint. (laughs) Jesus around the throne and of the living beings and the elders. The elders is representative of the church. So here we are, okay, the church with thousands and millions of angels. And they, we together with thousands and millions of angels sang in a mighty chorus. Worthy is the lamb who was slaughtered to receive power and riches and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and blessing. And then I heard every creature in heaven and on earth, under the earth and in the sea. Pescado, fishies, in the sea, every creature. And they sang, blessing and honor and glory and power belong to the one sitting on the throne and to the lamb forever and ever. And the four living beings said, amen. And the 24 elders fell down and worshiped the lamb. That is the right response to love coming down. God coming near and our having been rescued by Jesus. Listen, this Christmas, party as hard as you can. Buy as many gifts as you can. Get as many as you can. Put all the decorations up. But by golly, celebrate Jesus. Because in him, love came down, God came near, and we've been rescued. Amen? Let's stand to our feet. Let's stand to our feet. Lord, this is glorious truth. Holy Spirit, come and enliven our hearts and our minds and our spirits with this truth. Thank you for the historic truth we've heard and the future truth that we've seen. Every living creature will give glory to the Lamb who is on the throne. And so right now, this immediate time, the church wants to join with the angels who are always around your throne, singing worthy is the lamb, holy is he. God, you you loved us and, and you showed your love in your son. You came to us and you've rescued us in the cross. Give us a spirit of praise and celebration and adoration. In Jesus' name, amen.